If you uh, have a Bible, I'm not sure if people bring them to chapel, we'll find out. Uh, if you have a Bible, please turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I'm going to read the first 14 verses. Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. This is the word of God. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? To some who were confident of of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Notice before we consider this passage together, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here, to uh, praise your name, to give glory to your name, to be reminded of uh, our Savior who lives and who loves. And Father, this morning we pray that now you will Allow us to be nourished and strengthened from your word. Open our minds to understand it, but also open our hearts to receive it. Uh, We pray that in our lives through your word, uh, you will produce a harvest of righteousness that uh, brings you glory, which is for our good, but also, Lord, help us to be the people in this world who also do good for our neighbors and who help establish justice in the land. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, 
my guess would be that uh, most of us are more familiar with the second parable uh, than the first one. Uh, most of us probably have some memory even, although I do know there are a number of people who grow up going to church and say, you know, they can't remember a, a time consciously when they didn't believe in God. They sort of have always believed in Jesus, they'd say. Uh, from from the, the longest conscious memory, they'd say that they, they just never remember a time when they didn't have faith. But for a lot of people, they can also look and say, I, I remember before I was a believer. Uh, if we went around the room, probably a lot of you can tell us details about the time when you prayed a prayer similar to the tax collector, just asking for forgiveness, asking for the mercy of God, you know, receiving the, the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so probably in this room, there's a number of people who can identify with that second prayer, that, that prayer of salvation. Now, we won't be talking about that second parable too much. Uh, just a note that I think, although obviously the Pharisee is wrong, probably we also want to recognize that all of us can have pharisaical tendencies in prayer past that time of initial conversion. So, although hopefully all of us have prayed that prayer uh, you know, of, of repentance and have you know, put our faith in Jesus, we still, all of our lives, will battle some of those traits and tendencies in our hearts to look down on other people, to compare ourselves to other people. So, we can't just automatically assume that uh, the, the way that Jesus presents the Pharisee will never have anything to do with us ever again as long as we've initially prayed like that tax collector. We're probably, though, mainly familiar with that. The first parable, my guess would be, uh, in our evangelical churches, we're not quite as familiar with that. And one of the things that's very helpful about this parable, though, is that Jesus tells you, or Luke, rather, tells us why Jesus told the parable. And so when you look at the first verse, you're given, even if you don't understand every detail, you at least have sort of that, that bird's eye perspective. You have the interpretive key given to you right from the beginning. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, my guess in my experience, again, with, with Christians and in evangelical churches, and honestly, if I look up my own life, my guess is, in a group like this, if we wanted to make people feel really, really guilty, there are a few things, few areas that we could examine. And probably for a lot of us, we probably feel that when it comes to prayer, there's just a little bit of work to be done. Unless I'm the only one. Uh, and that could be, uh, I, I could be the only one here who still sometimes struggles in terms of prayer, but I, I, I doubt it. Uh, I think this is, a, this is a pretty common element to spirituality and following Jesus. It's not that we never pray, but, uh, and there are people who we, we, we call prayer warriors. We understand that there are people who are very diligent in this regard, but probably a lot of us feel sometimes that our prayer life is just, it's not what we want it to be either in terms of just actually being disciplined to have times of prayer or when we do pray, feeling like our, our communication isn't going anywhere, then wondering if it's accomplishing anything, battling distraction. 
And so I think a lot of times people, in the same way that sometimes people start Bible reading programs, people have good intentions for prayer. And so it's not that we don't pray, but one of the most difficult things for a lot of believers, it seems to me, at least in, in our culture, is persevering in prayer. We have intentions, we make our prayer list, we pray over those items as we make our list. The next day we take the time to thoughtfully go through that prayer list, bringing our prayers and requests to God, lifting people up before the Lord. The next day might go through the list just a little bit faster. Next day it's, well, Lord, you, you already know these issues. Just sort of globally bless everyone. You know. Next day, well, it's a playoff game. The Lord knows, I'll get to tomorrow. And then a week later, so many good intentions. Right? Jesus tells this parable to say, yes, you need to pray. Prayer is good. But don't give up. You, you persevere. Pray and do not give up. And then he tells this parable, which at first might seem a little bit odd. You, you, you have this widow, so she is in that most vulnerable sector of people, but you have a judge, and you have a judge in Israel who doesn't fear God, and he doesn't care what people think. Now, in order to have justice, you have to have law, and the law hinges on a heart commandment of loving God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. So in order to have justice, there needs to be a supreme love for God and a genuine love for other people. In other words, you have to fear God and care what people think. You have to care about other people. This judge is disqualified immediately as a dispenser of justice. He doesn't fear God. He doesn't care about people. So whatever he's doing, he's obviously in it for himself. He is someone who could care less about actually ensuring that what's right is what takes place in society. And you have this very vulnerable woman, and she keeps coming to this judge who doesn't care about her at all and doesn't fear God. That is, he doesn't care what God thinks about his life either. And she comes to him and she says, please give me justice against my adversary. Now, it, it's, it's a continual thing. She keeps coming. She, she is not put off. She comes to him once. He has no time for her. She comes to him again. He puts her off. She comes to him again. She keeps coming with her request for justice. For some time, Jesus says, this judge who doesn't care about God, doesn't care about people, he, he, just, he just doesn't care. He just refuses. He can't be bothered to do what's right. And then he finally says to himself, it's all enlightened self-interest, he finally says, you know, my life's going to be a lot easier when she stops bothering me. So I don't care about God. I don't care about God's law. I don't care about her. I don't care about the community. I don't care about what's right. I care about myself. And my life's going to be easier when she stops coming to me. So I'll give her justice. I'll give her what she wants so that she does. Because if I don't, she's eventually going to come and attack me. And it's very interesting because here's someone who doesn't fear God, but is terrified of this widow. 
Her, her persistent spirit has actually started to, 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 to get under his skin, and now he, he's worried. And the term he uses is a pugilistic term. It's a boxing term. You know, she's going to come, and she's going to sort of beat me up. And so he's worried about this widow. He doesn't care about the community. He doesn't care about justice. He doesn't care about God, but he doesn't want this widow to come and attack him. So he says, fine, I'll just give her what she wants. And the Lord says, hear what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? God is not like the unjust judge. The unjust judge is the foil. He's the, the, the black backdrop to show the contrast with, how, with what God is like. In the same way that Jesus tells parables, you remember the, the parable where he tells about the, the man who's, who's in bed, his family, it's late at night, his friend comes, knocks on the door, I have visitors, I need some bread. And, and the man originally says, you know, I, I, I go away, I, I, I'm in bed, I don't have time for this, this is not the right time. The man keeps knocking, I need bread. He says, eventually he'll get up and, and give you the bread just so you'll go away. You know, not because he, he really cares, he just wants to be left alone. That attitude is not the attitude of God the Father. God the Father does not give us things so that we'll leave him alone. That parable is told to give you the contrast. If, if you can bother someone into giving you bread, how much more so is your heavenly Father who loves you going to give you the necessities of life when you ask for them? You know, if you, Jesus says, if you who are evil know that when your child or someone you love asks you for bread or an egg, you don't give them a, a scorpion or a poisonous snake. If you can do that, how much more so is God the Father not going to delight to bless you? D delight to take care of you, delight to give you what's good. And so sometimes the parables, they, they establish these strong contrasts. And here, the point that Jesus is making is, listen, if, if by persevering, this widow can get justice from someone who doesn't care about justice, how much more so can you know for sure that if you pray and seek God and don't give up, the God of justice is going to ensure that justice is done. I tell you, Jesus says, they will get justice and quickly. Now, the, the translation of quickly may be right, may also be something more along the lines of surely or certainly. So quickly or speedily, or surely or certainly. I mean, certainly for us, though, it doesn't look like God's justice always comes quickly. And, and we can say, you know, with, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day, and that, that's all very true. So it may be fast from God's perspective. But, but the parable also seems to run on the lines of expect delay, because if there's no delay, you're not persevering. Right? And so it's teaching you, keep praying, keep persevering if it's not happening right away. 
So it may be quickly from God's perspective, or it may also be, you can rest assured, this is a guarantee, God is going to bring justice to his children who cry out day and night and who don't stop. I realize day and night is probably a it's a marism, it, you know, it's just referring to frequently. But have you ever been so bothered by the state of the world that you've actually lost sleep? Like, has anything ever actually like, kept you up at night as you think about things that take place in our world, various ideologies, various ways that people, real lives are affected by things that are taught? Think about real lives that are ended in abortion or medically assisted dying, various surgeries that we have today. Think about poverty, like real, like real poverty. Think about some of the horrific racial prejudice and bigotry which still exists in our world. Think about sex trafficking children all around the world. And as much as we, as much as we would wish, we wouldn't wish it anywhere, but we would wish it to at least not be here but it exists in Canada as well. And one of the things that you are going to have an opportunity to do is you are actually going to have an opportunity to make a difference in the world in the name and power of Jesus Christ. But one of the things I think tends to happen to some of the people who are the most zealous and the most compassionate and the most engaged and the most interested, the ones who care the most, is one of the occupational hazards to caring is that sometimes it seems like you're not making any difference at all. And then the greatest temptation is just to give up. Because you've prayed. And the church has prayed now for how many decades in Canada about something like abortion? The church has, has prayed and, and, and has worked now for, for how many years to try to put an end to things like sex trafficking and the pornography industry and all these various things. And sometimes it can almost seem like the work doesn't matter, and the prayers don't matter. And to be honest, the more you care, the more likely you will be to be burnt out working and praying for these things. The more you care about justice, the harder it will be to endure seeing the injustice in so many spheres around our world and our society today. And so there is a reason Jesus gives us a parable to say, look, you need to pray and not give up. 
don't rest. Even an unjust government that is badgered enough may give in for political reasons. Even an unjust judge who doesn't care about God or care about other people may give justice to a widow just to get her off his back. But we serve a God who not only cares about justice, he is the standard of justice. This is where I need to be careful not to make, you know, uh, not to be self-promoting about philosophy class, you know, but this is one of the reasons, like, like, like it matters when you start working through this, like, it, it matters that, that Socrates and Plato are trying to find out what justice is. Like, it, it matters that you have political philosophy, that, that it, it matters that you move into sort of a post-modern, post-Christian um, sort of uh, mentality. Like, all of this matters because ideas of justice actually change behavior, which really affects people's lives. And and so one of the reasons that we want to learn what justice is, is because justice comes from God. Like there is no justice without God. And and so when we talk about social justice, you know, the the world may define that in, in a variety of sort of ideological ways, but Christians should know from God's revelation what society is, what human community is, and what justice is. And so we should actually be the ones who care about social justice and are leading the way in terms of fighting for justice because you don't have justice without God. And you can't, I mean, the song that we sing about Jesus being our savior, Jesus is our savior because of God's justice. Jesus is our savior because of God's love and grace and compassion, but also because God is a God of justice and Jesus satisfies the justice of God in our behalf by paying our penalty when he dies on the cross, amongst other things. And so we're saved by a God of love and a God of justice. And we're we're saved by a savior who is perfectly just and perfectly compassionate, who also will one day judge the world. And we're called to live in this fallen world, a world where there is sin and pain and brokenness, and a world where there is injustice. And the more you're exposed to it, the more pervasive you see it as, you see more of the depths of it, you see the extent of it, the more it can break your heart and the harder it can be to keep going. So some of you, when you you graduate, some of you already now, you're involved in ministries that involve justice and working for it. And good. But do the work and pray and, and, and don't work and not pray, but also don't pray and not work. But don't give up. That, that is going to be a real temptation and a real trial. And probably if you have mentors, probably a lot of your mentors will say they have gone through times at some period in their life where they thought about packing it in, where they thought about quitting, where they thought about giving it up. And so, so find people too. If you ever get discouraged, if you're ever struggling, find people who can help you walk through those things. But remember our Lord. He tells this parable so that you will pray and so that you will not give up. And he ends with the question, 
When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's a fascinating question. I think one of the reasons Jesus asked that question at this point is because it is going to be so hard and persevering. It is going to be so hard in holding on to faith through all of the trials and all of the difficulty and all of the garbage and all of the brokenness of the world. Jesus says, you know, you're going out now and it's going to be hard and you have to persevere because there's a bunch of people who don't care about God and they don't care about other people and they don't care about justice. And you do, you do love God and you do love your neighbor and you do want what's right. And the world is hard. So when the Son of Man comes back, is there going to be faith? Who is going to be in that group of faith who has persevered and who is still walking with God, still working and looking for justice in the world, still persevering in prayer? Because it's not going to be easy. The reality is, none of this is something that we can do on our own, which is why even as we work and even as we, we persevere, we still come back to, back to this next prayer, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And we don't look down on other people. Lord, thank you I'm not like that person and that person and that person. Thank you that I'm working for justice. Lord, it's only your grace it's only your strength, it's only your wisdom, it's only your spirit that can help me persevere. So as you go out into the world, know that by God's grace, you actually can literally change lives. You can literally change the face of the world. You can engage in issues that are literally matters of life and death. And you can persevere, but not without Jesus, not without the Holy Spirit, not without his word, not without his strength. I'm just gonna give you just a moment. It, Jesus definitely is not giving us this parable to say that a prayer for a moment is sufficient. But I'll just give you a moment, just pray. Just, just ask the Lord to, to give you his spirit to see what's before you and also to be able to persevere in these things he calls you to. And after just a few moments, I'll close our time in prayer. Father, you know our hearts, you know the areas that you direct us into in service for you. You know the people that you'll bring across our path. Lord, I pray that you will, by your spirit, now consecrate us to you. Help us to be resolved, to be fully dedicated to you in everything that we are and everything that we do, how we use our time and energy. And Father, we, many of us know what it's like to want to commit, but then to fail to follow through, to start, but then to give up, 
Father, I pray that you will give us a resolve, give us the power of your spirit so we can persevere. Father, give us a, a strong backbone. Give us endurance. And help us to go out into a world representing you, the judge. Help us to go out representing our Savior. And Father, we would pray. And we pray that you will help us to pray and not give up. Let your justice be done. Let your justice be done in our lives, in our communities, in our churches, and in this land. And may your justice be across the world as your glory is. Help us, we pray. Be with us as we go. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.